You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, WA. My name's Sean Kelly, and I'll be with you for the next two hours with the World Football Programme. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Songs for Ireland programme. Um, great to follow those boys into the studio. In the studio with me is my bestie, Hugh Best. Morning, Sean. Morning, everybody. Good morning, Hugh. How are you? I'm super. Thank you for asking. Oh, it's a wonderful day for football, mate. Well, at the moment it is. I'm not 100% sure that uh, later on the day might be. Later on the day, it'll just get better. I used to love playing in the rain. You, you wouldn't have liked it. Sliding tackles were my favourite. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be one of those days where you go, hang on a minute, his shirt's clean. What sort of a game did he have? Exactly. <laughs> Although I played with people who came off with their shirt clean and their hair perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of us are covered in mud. Yeah, good on you, superstar. I didn't even start the game like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on today's show, we have a good lineup. This morning, we're going to talk to Aaron Trevor. He's a new guy that we've just got into who is with the Football Tragics. Um, terrific guy. We'll talk to him about the Football Tragics and football in general. Uh, we're going to follow up with Mark Anthony, who is the head coach at Gosnells. Not doing so well in the league, but in the FAFA Cup, they're flying. They beat Excellent Rocky. Result. Yeah. Tra- oh, fantastic result. Um, you know, and he's, he's a good lad, Mark, and you know, hopefully yep. this is the, the turning point for Gosnells. Yeah, yeah no, I'm sure he'll remember me from uh, my refereeing days. He always had a, uh, a kind word and, and plenty of not-so-kind words for me. <laughs> <laughs> How could you tell the difference? <laughs> well, yeah, with Mark it was difficult, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a lovely lad. And then we're going to talk to Tony Pignata from the Glory. Um, obviously, the Glory's last home game is tomorrow. Um, they've given us two tickets to give away as well, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, and then we'll follow that up with Tash Rigby, who is the captain of the Glory W League side. And I don't know what she's doing, so we'll find out. Yeah. 
Um, normally she's with Frio. I didn't see her in their in their roster. So no, no, and I haven't seen Frio uh, live uh, this season. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Maybe she's just taken some well earned downtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see what happens. Anyway, we'll we'll talk to Tash. She's always a, a ball of energy. That girl. Oh, now, yeah. As I said, um, Glory have given us a double pass for the Glory to give away for tomorrow's game against the Bulls. So um, we just need to give out a question. And the question will be, what was the name of the fella that got thrown out by the um, security the week a, a week and a half ago and who tossed the coin in the last home game? And I'll give you a clue. For a change, it wasn't me. <laughs> Look, it's not a game, so you get thrown out, you. <laughs> that so, me on the pitch. <laughs> if you want two tickets, get onto our website, uh, onto the Facebook site, and just uh, put up the name of the, of the fella that got thrown out, and he ended up tossing the coin in the last game, um, largely because Tony, yeah. who's one of our guests today, did a lot of work with the security guys to get them back in, yep. and I think there's been a bit of to and fro with the security at the games. Yeah, and, and that's one of the... Um one of the things that a lot of people, myself included, for, for a long time, aren't fully familiar with the terms and conditions on the back of your ticket. And nowadays it's an e-ticket, so there's no back of what you can and cannot do and what security can and cannot do. Yeah, but the, the other thing is that if, if that's the case, they're going to stick to the letter of the law, yeah. then, then maybe just throw the whole shed out because well, they've it. breached most of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, so... And and the one that you get into trouble for most of all is is no the flares. I mean, it says yeah. no flares at the game. It's the only trousers you have. Yeah, because all your wardrobes from the seventies, mate. <laughs> I am wearing the George Best replica <laughs> shirt. So yes, this one's from the sixties. Thank and, you very and, much. And the, and the flares are a very good matching accoutrement <laughs> to that. Well, you know, George did rock them better than I did, but never mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. And in news, I suppose the real news and, and the big news is Sam Kerr. I mean, everything just she touches, apart from the <sighs> Champions apart from League final, game. goes yeah. to gold. I mean, she's won the. the um, the English League. Yep. She's the golden boot, golden for, the, boot. for the league. She was runner-up in the best player. Um, yeah, just again, another, uh, the amount of times that she's been runner-up or third, you think, you know, I've seen some of the players that are ahead, and you think, really? Yeah, but you know, the, the girl that won it is a good player. Shall she's we? consistent, and, you know, she was there the whole season, whereas Sam wasn't. Sam's done yep. extremely well in the time she's been there. Yep. Her time is coming. Um, and... But, uh, they won the FA Cup. Yep. And she's uh, likely to be shortlisted for the Ballon d'Or again. <laughs> Should be, yeah. But again, yeah. the amount of times she's been shortlisted for the Ballon d'Or and uh, really, come well, on. Well, I say this time after time, um, as a footballer, she is the best footballer this country has produced. Oh. No male has ever been considered in the top ten. She's consistently in the top ten right now. Yep. Um, and that has to count for something. And, you know, FA are not, making the, the value out of it. She's a good-looking girl. She's very marketable. Um, you know, you want to sell the game, male or female, that's, that's your starting point. Exactly. I mean, we've seen a particular telco using uh, a few of the, the current Matildas and Socceroos, uh, Sam being one of them, and yeah. she comes across on that ad as, you know, well, marketable. There's, there's no other no other way to, to, to call it. She She's a superstar. Absolutely. And, no, look, she is very, very marketable, and I think that's what we've got to... We work on, and look, it's, it's up to the the press in this country, but also for the FA to push yep. it, and you know we, we we struggle for publicity. And again, it's also down to to, to Sam as well. I mean, she's um, yeah, she's a private person, she's not quite 
you know, the, the, the retiring type, but uh, certainly uh, her time is her time. And, um, you know, if, if someone can make the a particular uh, brand or, or, or uh, program available to her, I mean, she'll have the opportunity to, to yes or no. But um, if you don't put them in front of them, then the answer is always going to be no because they don't know about it. Absolutely. No, no, we're going to be there. I mean, keep saying it, the most marketable footballer in this country and we've just got to keep pushing down that line. Exactly. Yep. Um, ladies football fact for the day, Leicester City's Kalichi uh, yep. um, is the first player in the Premier League history to score on all seven days of... No, all seven days of? Oh, Lent. just opening me message, yeah. <laughs> no, no, all seven days of the week in the same season, so she scored a goal. That's amazing. Yeah, on every single weekday. So, uh, Wow, well, again, it's been one of those seasons for, for the ages. Um you know, West Brom having a few of those 5.30 Monday night kickoffs. It's like, you're joking, aren't you? I know, I know. <laughs> so every day of the week, that's amazing. And we won't mention, and it'll never be broken. And we won't mention West Brom getting flogged 3-1 by West Ham. <sighs> well, I, I led you into that one, Sean. <laughs> Thank you very much for giving me that whack. Well done. It was We there, were 1-0 up. Yeah, I know. It's great, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The amount of times we could have... If we'd stopped every time we were 1-0 up, we would have won the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Half-time heroes is yeah. never a good thing. Um, a few games. I mean, look at look at the glory on the the other night there um, against West Sydney. I thought end of the first half this is going to get ugly. Yes. Um, the coach is is doing a really good job with um, rotating the squad. Yes, he is. Well, he has to with these uh, yeah. games coming thick and fast. Half-time, he's made three changes, and we we finished the game two-one winners. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, happy always, days. We always said this with um, with Mr. Garcia. Uh, he knows his stuff. Uh, he's done his apprenticeship. He knows his stuff, and yeah. you know, I would like to. I'd like to hope that he's uh, incumbent for some period of time. Yeah, look, it's a building project, and I, and I think yeah, we'll talk about stuff with Tony later. But you know, thing, things like I'm very sad to see um, Neil Kilkenny go the way it's going. Yep. Not not a, a dignified end no, to that no, no, man's no. glory career, but no, and, and, a, and, a, and a very you know, special and storied career he's had with yeah, us. Yeah, and he's he's been a faithful servant for oh, the club. No matter what's that. happened between him and the coach, um, you know he deserves some respect. And I, I think you know the fans certainly respect what he's done. Yep. Um, we've got Castro, who is now what thirty nine, um, hinted he hinted so yeah. it might be the well, last well, chance to see him in the in the purple well, at last, home. Well, ask Tony. Um, yeah, yeah. But, well, again, we're talking about marketing Garcia, opportunities. There's one there. Garcia says, you know, we're we're moving in one direction. Neil's moving in the other. Neil is getting older, as is Castro. Yes. Um, the young players coming in. Yep. You know, some of them, young Bodnar. Um, in, oh. in the game previous to to last game, impressed. In this game, he wasn't as good um, against better opposition, obviously. But yes. at the same time. He's developing and, and young players are developing their forms not consistent. That's correct. Um, but he's developing nicely. Yep. Um, Callum Timmons, I know he upset Diamante with his um, lack of respect on the park. That's exactly what I want out of exactly. a player. Exactly, yeah. I don't care who you put in front of a young player. Yeah. You've got to you've got to want to dominate them. Exactly you know? right. I used to play for Italy. Yes, mate. Used to. Get out of the way. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but you're playing against me today and I'm going yeah. to make you sore. You yeah. know, it yeah. doesn't matter. If you don't like it. Benches over the there. Time, the time for respect is before and after the game. Oh, exactly. And, and on the game, they yep. have to earn it. That's right. Yeah. You know, 
The whistle blows. It's all on. The whistle blows. Thank you very much. Let's go and have a beer. Absolutely. All right. We're going to go on to a couple of uh, ads now, and then we'll be back after that with another football tragic by the name of Aaron <laughs> Trevathan, and we'll talk to him for a few minutes. So we'll be back after these. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Great news. Stock Road Central is now open seven, yes, seven days a week. The fruit and vegetable area will be open with a full range of fresh produce every day of the week until 7pm for your convenience. The grocery area is also now operating seven days a week with Asian and European grocery items. There is also a butchery section open every day. The Asian buffet will be serving delicious Asian food at lunchtime on Friday to Sunday with a great selection of self-serve meals at low prices. A recent addition to their offering is a spacious, well-stocked bottle shop, also available seven days a week with good prices and some excellent bargains available. Stock Road Central invite you to come along and see for yourself in Port Pirie Street, Bibra Lake, every day till 7pm. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Okay, and we're back in the room now talking about football tragedy tragedy and tragics as we were a moment ago, Hugh. Um, I have a professional tragic joining us on the air in in Aaron Trevathan. Aaron, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, mate. Um, Now, you're Sydney-based? Yes, that's correct. And we won't hold that against you, but... um, (laughs) The, the football tragics, uh, what, what is it? There's a, a group of you, is it just you or, you know, and, and how do you get your thoughts and, and um, feelings out to the to the general public? Yep, so I, um, I started a, uh, a EPL-based podcast uh, two seasons ago, um, just with a few mates. So obviously with my, um, I've got a media background uh, studying journalism at university, both here and uh, overseas in America and playing soccer there. So it was my passion to start that and just, yeah, become like a host of obviously similar to radio, you know, podcasts is obviously a growing industry. So I took that upon to, yeah, do an EPL-based podcast where we do uh, reviews of each round and previews and then anything in between, really. So, yes, it's based on the English Premier League, but we do obviously cross over through different leagues throughout Europe and A-League and basically anything football-related. So it's just you, or is it you and a couple of buddies? Yeah, so there was, when we first started, there was myself and three others. Now we've um, got another one on board, so I've got five of us now. That's good. And and you talk, as you said, about the EPL um, A-League. What's what's the strangest league you've covered? <laughs> um, well, when the whole world was basically in lockdown and there was no football being played, we were looking for anything. So I think we were covering the Belarusian League Even, at one point. Yep. 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 <laughs> So you, you've got a Belarusian uh, team? <laughs> um, 
Oh, there's a few inappropriate names. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm asking. Well, but we, we did, and and, and um, Pete, who's not in the studio today, picks sluts for some reason. I've got no idea, but but he does. He is able to pronounce it properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they but, but they did they did during COVID uh, get a cult following, and and actually it was making off them. I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, it's the same. Similarly, A League, like. Um, you know, we we were one of the only countries that were having crowds in, sta- in stadiums. So it's like, yeah, when there's no other football being played, you kind of latch onto a random team and start supporting them. And then the next thing you know, they've got a massive fan base out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So, so with your uh, connections in America, I mean, we were seeing on ESPN uh, their uh, sports highlights packages. We were getting the, the highlights of the A-League. Do, do you have any of uh, your friends over there who've picked up them, uh, themselves an A-League team? Yeah, I've got a few mates obviously when I was um when I was studying over there so I was over there with a couple um other Aussies as well at the same time playing college soccer um and one of them is also on the podcast now so he's our newest member and so he's a he's a Wanderers fan myself I'm a Knicks fan like the Kiwi so I've always been one to support uh Kiwi related teams but um yeah we always we'd always be watching the games I remember it was um would have been about 3am, 4am when we were watching the um, <laughs> Wanderers listed XL title. So that was a good that was a good watch with probably most of the team, which was probably English, American, pretty much anywhere, Portuguese, Brazilian. So yes, they all kind of you know obviously everybody bleeds football. So um, yeah, we all just gathered around and watched whoever. That sounds great. And um, a Knicks fan, so um, any particular reason why you follow the New Zealand sides? You, you come from there originally, I take it? Yeah, so it's just um, my dad's a Kiwi, born and raised in Auckland, and then moved over here um, a bit later. So I've always just kind of watched, grown up watching football or any sport with him. So, yeah, he's a Knicks fan. He's a, you know, All Blacks fan, things like this. So I've always just grown up watching football watching those teams with him. So, I, yeah, same thing. I've just started supporting them. So this, this season would have been a godsend for you then <laughs> because they had to relocate to Australia for, for their home games. So that would have been um, yeah, yeah, yeah dream come true. Obviously, they were based in Wollongong. So I was able to make the trip down to Wollongong a few times this season, which was good because, obviously, you don't get that chance to watch them week in, week out when they're playing in a different country. So that was, that was awesome to go on... Um, go and be able to support them as the quote unquote home team yep. so yeah so so uh, what did you think about the um the Knicks taking on the uh, the Wollongong Wolves uh shirt I thought that was a, a very nice touch to to get some uh, local support yeah I like I certainly like the initiative obviously you know calling Wollongong home for what two season two seasons so yeah obviously Wollongong gave up their stadium and things like that and in that regard they also you know kind of gave them their fan base in a way and encouraged their fans to come and support the Knicks. So I think it was a good tribute to a very nice community that welcomed Wellington in. Um, and, yeah, like, as, as I said, being at the game, the, they got behind the team like yep. it was their own. Um, the Wollongong Wolves have an outstanding fan base and, in a way, maybe it was helping their bid to get a club of their own in the A-League in the future. Yep. So, yeah, it was a really good initiative. I, um, Jersey looked nice as well. And, yeah, so it's a beautiful stadium as well, Wynn Stadium. So, yeah, it was just great, um, great initiative, I think, and a great 
uh, community supportive around them. Yeah, there's a few of us over here in uh, in the West that have long memories, so we're not real fans of the uh, Wollongong <laughs> Wolves. That being said, with uh, with the Knicks uh, playing at home this weekend, it's going to be an absolute yep. bumper day, and yeah. and it has to be red hot favourites to to go on a uh, an eight nil, twelve nil smashing, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I think they're on course now to break the record for the season in terms of attendance, which obviously that, that's awesome. Um, you know, back on home soil for the first time in over a year, they're going to get that massive fan base. The yellow fever is going to be out in full force, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a, if anything, it's probably the best game to be playing because it's against Western United who, since they're, you know, coming into the league, we've had a bit of a rivalry with them. Like, obviously, they stole Mark Rudin from us in a way. Um, and yeah, so we've got that little bit of rivalry and heat between the two teams. And, and they've got going to be up to the cracker of a game. And they've got some likable <laughs> players playing for them. So you know, oh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the last game, the last game, Glory played against them. Callum Timmons upset Diamante, and then ended up getting pushed by Barisha, who you know is is well loved by Glory fans. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, probably one of the scariest men in the A-League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but young Callum doesn't care about your reputation off the fi- off the field. It's on the field. You've got to do the job. And no matter what you were in the past, um, you've got to be it today. So I think, you know, Diamante had a little whinge about not being respected on the park. And too bad. If you don't, if you want that, don't don't cross the line. Oh, well, that's exactly right. Like, there's one thing, you know, yes, you've played for West Ham or you've played in Serie A, but when you're on the field, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're playing against someone who was also in the same league as you. You know, they demand your respect in a way as well. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think BMI really has a right to, you know, say those kind of things. But, look, each their own. Some players are a bit like that. But, yeah, credit to Colin Tim. Tim is just, you know, giving it back. Absolutely. Uh, now, you've, you've made a friend for life there by mentioning West Ham. So, uh, <laughs> as tragic as we are, uh, you know, Sean's yeah. a, a West Ham fan from way back, and I'm even tragic, more tragic, being a West Brom fan. Well, they obviously, my, my team's Chelsea, so they upset us a couple of times. Yeah, well, no, there are bunnies, Chelsea. We love them, but, you know, play, play West Brom, get a new manager. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. The, the office at uh, the West Brom manager's office has got a revolving door. Oh, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, look, it's, it's good. And I, I think the, the thing is that, you know, you find lots and lots of people who are fans of the big clubs and, you know, Manchester United, Liverpool, um, Man City, it's um, you know it's nice when you've got tragics who follow the the lesser known lights, and I think you know uh, quite a few of my mates follow you know Villa and Ugh. yeah I know but you know <laughs> Wolves so no but and, oh, and Leeds come on yeah, so, but but I think that's the the only the honest football fan that's what you do you know you you never find a Manchester Manchester United fan with a Manchester accent no. Yeah, 90% of the time you don't, that's for sure. Yeah. So, um, into business now. The, the A-League is, is coming down to its its final strokes, coming up to the the, um, the final six. Um, what's your predictions for the final six? Oh, look, with Brisbane's win last night, I think that puts them in pole position to get that sixth spot, unfortunately. Mm. Obviously, the Knicks are around about there, but they've, they've had too many draws. You know, four draws in the last five is just not good enough. Um but look, it's, it's still anybody's spot. Really, Wanderers they win, you know, they win the Sydney Derby. They're back on equal points with Brisbane. You know, Perth is obviously on a crazy run recently at home. Um, West United obviously poor run, but still not out of the mix. So I think I, I have to have to say it's Brisbane 
the sixth spot, and then I think the rest are pretty much wrapped up. You know, MacArthur upwards, they've all got their spots in the top six, which for MacArthur is an impressive season, obviously, in their mm. first, first year. But like you said, they, they did steal a decent coach off someone, so... <laughs> <laughs> And they have got some some very handy players at their disposal. So you know, they're not they're not a, a bad side. Yeah, build, um, building from the back, you get a decent yeah. goalkeeper. That always helps. Yeah, watching Western United, I wasn't impressed with them when they played the Glory last time out, and I I thought that yeah they were they were lazy and they they really didn't work off the ball um, against Western Sydney the other night. They were much more organised. Um, harassed more, played more structured play, you know, and I think the glory, the, the tactics in, employed by Michael Garcia in, in bringing on his subs at half-time certainly changed the game, but um, watch, watching the difference between the two sides, there, there was, you know, leaps and bounds between those two sides, and I don't think Western United are, are a happy team at the moment. No, yeah, I think, I think you're right there. I think they have a lot of very talented players, obviously, with a lot of experience, but Barisha, for example, yes, he's got all those goals behind his name, but he's a bit he's, he's getting old a bit now. Like he's getting on. Uh, Diamante, he's not going to have that same work rate. He'll produce a spark, you know, out of there, out of nothing, but he's not going to be running for ninety minutes. So they're relying on players like Piraeus and you know players like that who are going to be those you know workhorses. And he's obviously inexperienced himself. He's only been playing for a number of seasons. So I don't think as a team they yeah I don't think they're one hundred percent focused and committed yeah. to each other in a way. I think some of them are there just to play football and do what they love without and, the, you know, the grit that comes behind it. And Barisha has been a, a great striker in the game and he, he certainly earned the, the reputation he has. But I think in that glory game, there was a, a, a nice little cameo moment where he was, he was inside the 18-yard box. <laughs> he had a perfect ball, just delivered straight <laughs> to his feet and then he, he just didn't know where it was. Old man feet. Yeah, and that was, that was the problem. His, his, his feet and his brain weren't talking to each other and, you know, I must admit, I had a chuckle. You had <laughs> a chuckle? Along, I along with everybody else in the ground. <laughs> so, um, I think that's really where he is. He's, he's got to that point now where he's, he's no longer the lethal weapon he was and either he's got to reinvent himself and become a different type of striker or he's, he's going to have to contemplate retiring. retiring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you've got to look at the other strikers in the league. You know, Bobo, he'd be... I don't know if he's the same age, he's a bit older or what, but yeah. Bobo, obviously... He's a bigger, bigger body. He can throw himself around a bit better. So he can, you know, he can offer something there, more of a target man. And then obviously you've just got the, the young guns who are just firing, um, you know, Jamie McLaren, what a striker. Sure. Um, yeah. And then even even Adelaide United, for example, you've got um, Sini Yangi, you've got the Toure brothers, you know, all these young, quick players who are just, you know, kind of making Barisha, yeah, contemplating what he needs to do. Yeah, well, it's not just that. It's, the, it's also the centre halves and the, the you know the, the the guys playing out the back line, defensive midfielders that are tying him up. So you know, you've you've got you've got to go um, and either reinvent yourself as a target man. Well, Bobo's always been a target man, so you yeah. don't have to change it. When you've got a big body like that and can head like he does, that's that's your game, and it's going to be your game for a long time. Um, I think Barisha should um, probably look at goat herding, and and that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, well, as you said, like ten and a half, they're not going to give many respect. They're going to, you know, they're going to want to crunch him from the first minute. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, he, I don't know if he has enough in him to reinvent himself in a way and you know drop deeper or something. I'm, I'm not, he's not exactly the most like he's not a ball player really. He's just a prolific 
goal scorer. So whether or not if he can still find the right positions, getting in the right positions, and you know, DMI can find him or anything like that. Yeah. But that's yeah, but that's, that's the key, a, isn't it? He's a, he's a goal scorer, and you're only a goal scorer whilst you're putting it in the back of the net. And if you're not, you, you're just a passenger. So you know, the, he may find the decisions made for him before he knows it. Exactly right. And I think with the name, you know, with the name Barisha, you're going to be one of the first names on the team sheet, rather than maybe one of these young guys who could come on and make a bit of an impact. But yeah. they're going to be left on the bench in a way because you don't want to leave your Barisha. Out of the team sheet. No, and, and that's the difference. I mean, you look at the glory when they're, they're throwing up all these young fellas up front and, you know, um, there's, there's been a couple of them. You, you go, who the hell's that? You know, young Cameron Bamford. And you go, I don't know who he is, but he scored a goal. Um, and I think, you know, what Richie's doing with, with the team is blooding some of these youngsters in a really um, coordinated and, and protective way, but while still giving them a chance to to prove yep. themselves, and I think that's that's the difference for the, for the glory this year, and why, irrespective of whether they they hit the top six or not, um, the fan base are loving it because you, you're seeing some young kids coming through who are, who are local kids, um, and then you've also got the the blend of the experience with Castro, etc. Yeah, exactly right. Obviously, yeah, Perth's one of those teams who up front they've got some firepower with experience and just yeah the youth. Um, and then obviously you got to look at yeah the Adelaide and even the Mariners like yeah. there's been a few few Mariners lads who have come on scored their debut obviously Jordan Smiley and then um, Matt Matt Hatch obviously scored what 22 seconds in or something like that yeah. but then after that you might not you might not see him again for a few weeks so it's one of those things where it's like you're not going to score on your debut and then expect to be starting 20 games a, a, a year you you kind of still got to bite for your chance and um, yeah it's good to see that there's plenty of youth that's coming through this year. So I think mm. for the league as a whole, it's been a very impressive year. And, and um, some of those experienced players, we, we talked about Barisha and his um, reputation, his history. Then you've got Andy Keogh, who just out of nowhere banged four in. Um, I got a text yeah. from, from one of my boys in the game. He goes, what's, what's happened to Andy Keogh? And I said, I think he's forgotten he's Andy Keogh. <laughs> 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 he's never, you know, been, he's never been that good for us before. He'll never be that good again. But we, by God, we enjoyed that. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that one of those goals is called. It could have been goal of season. Oh, the second one, yes. Yeah, no, that was just yeah. that was just the exquisite bit of play, and I and I don't know whether it was class or something else, but you know, um, he looked like he meant it, and it it did go in, and it gave us because I was down that end of the ground behind the goalkeeper, it gave us untold pleasure for the next twenty minutes, telling him to keep, get back on his line. So, it was fun. <laughs> um, Oh, Premier League. Um, obviously, you're a Chelsea fan, as you you, you disclosed to us. Um, you're hoping they're going to end up in the top four. Um, who do you see rounding out the six? Well, yeah, as you said, like, I think I think Chelsea's just done enough now to uh, round out the top four. Whether or not we finish third or fourth, I'm not really fussed in a way. Like, it's just, you know, it's basically the same thing at the end of the day. We've got a tough game in Villa coming up, uh, but we basically have to match Leicester and Leicester's got Spurs, who on their end are fighting for a sixth spot, which they need a win, and West Ham to lose. So I think we've done enough just. Obviously, the result against Arsenal wasn't favourable, but we put that behind us. Yeah. We've got the Champions League final to focus on as well. Um, but yeah, I think, look, I think West Ham's just done enough now to round up that sixth spot. I don't see them losing their final game of the season. I don't see Spurs being able to do the opposite and win. Um, and then obviously they've got the goal difference on them, but yeah, I don't I don't know if they have that swing in them. No. So it's been a very impressive 
season for West Ham. Obviously, they were sitting around the top four for a while, but I think given the squad depth and maybe the legs didn't have enough experience to get over the line. No, some um, injuries to, to key players. <laughs> Playing without striker and then Antonio, who was the makeshift striker, getting injured didn't help. Declan Rice as a holding midfielder has been brilliant. It's probably the best CDM in, in, the, in the country. Um, but the, the trouble is you, you've got a thin squad, and I don't think finishing a Champions League spot would be the best thing for West Ham. Finishing in Europa would be just about right. No, that's worse. It, I mean, as a football tragic, surely you, you'd think Europa League is, is going to be an absolute nightmare. With, with the situation that the world's in now, those midweek travels and then trying to back up against you know, a size like... Hang on, we're not Burn, getting relegated. I'm happy. Burnley. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with, with us playing those yeah, but, games. But, I mean, Aaron will tell you, that that's how we, um, we we make Chelsea our bunny. We usually get them after they've been, uh, you know, to, to Kazakhstan yeah. or, or yeah. somewhere in Istanbul, and you go, you beauty, we've got uh, we've got an easy win here. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, I think Europa's the, the place for them. Um, I think Tottenham, all this talk about Harry Kane and where Harry's going, um, he doesn't look a happy player at the moment. He's, his mind isn't, isn't right. He's not in the game. So I think it's going to be very difficult for Tottenham over the next few days as everybody worries about where Kane is because without Kane, Tottenham really struggle. Yeah, most definitely. Obviously, that top three, you know, sitting right now, City, United, Chelsea, we're all basically in the hunt for Kane. So, you know, he, want, he wants trophies. He's openly said he wants trophies. Um, I don't know if Spurs can keep a hold of him. If Daniel Levy's prepared to get the money for him, you know, and take the yeah. take the ball there, then I think he's off. Um, probably to a Premier League club because I think he wants that Premier League goal scoring record. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, I think um, West Ham finishing in Europe would be a good season for him. But yes, do they have the depth to back it up week in week out? I think um, it was a few years ago where they they got the entry into the Europa League via the fair play. Yeah. Um, Funnily enough, I think in that qualifier they went and got two straight reds or something, which yeah. is a bit ironic. Um, but yeah, even then, like they didn't have enough to, you know, to prioritise the Europa League because for a club, obviously they're a big club, but for a, you know one of those clubs with not as much depth, they don't have the legs to do it week in week out. Which, whereas you see United, for example, they drop down from Champions League and then they just breathe through any any um, round of the Europa League and obviously look on course to win it. So I think for these bigger clubs, it's the Europa League. That's not your your main one, but you still take it, and it's still yeah. a trophy. But, but I see that there's a bit of a backlash now against the, you know, who who saw themselves as as the top six, and I don't know how Tottenham even considered they were in it. It's given them a slap around the ear for being so stupid. But, <laughs> um, you know, the, there is this thought that all these top six clubs are all the buying clubs, and and someone that's playing for you know a club like Leicester or Everton should should sign for them so they can win trophies is is a bit. Uh, preposterous and I, and I think it's very conceited of, of them you know Leicester came up from from the championship and won the Premier League um, to to say that we're the only ones that can win win cups and win things uh, I'd like to see that the likes of West Ham Everton um, Leeds hang on to some of their players I would hate to see Declan Rice get sucked out of there um, and go play for City or for United or for anyone else and then He's he's playing, you know, in the squad rotation for them, and you know, we look at Limburg and and what he did when he came out of the, the Man City or the Man United um, system, and he got playing on a regular basis. There's there's places for those those little clubs to win things, and I think if you lock it down to just those top six, then the, everyone else becomes an also ran, and you know, 
it's nice to turn them over every now and again, but it's just a conceited view that they, they deserve to be the ones winning the trophies and anybody who wants a trophy must play for them, otherwise you're getting nothing. Well, yeah, that's it. Obviously, with this, you know, qualifying for Europe, obviously Leicester and West Ham should do it now. They, they will have that a bit of attraction for those players who want to come. Because in saying that, why would you go to an Arsenal who arguably is on a decline or in a transition state <laughs> instead of a Leicester who are yeah. playing yeah. European football and look better every year? So why would you not go to a Leicester over an Arsenal these days? Spoken so, like a true Chelsea fan. Well done. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, I don't have a, a, a liking to Arsenal, or but yeah. Um, obviously, with with Leicester, though, for example, uh, you can see how much the FA Cup meant to them. Obviously, their first one in yeah. what was it ever four years something. You can see how much that meant to them, and I think that just shows maybe the difference between a Chelsea, for example, who probably can't afford to not qualify for the Champions League, compared to an FA Cup, which is obviously the domestic trophy in England. You know, the oldest serving competition, yeah. things like that. But you've just got to think, you know, would you rather be playing a Champions League next year or would you rather an FA Cup? And I think for Leicester, they were happy with the FA Cup. Yeah. And credit to them. It was a great game, obviously controversial in a way and heartbreaking in a way for me. But they obviously deserve that. But, um, yeah, I think priority-wise, Chelsea were probably going to be the happier out of the two moving forward into next year. Obviously, mm. we've got the Champions League final still to play. Again, arguably the best team in the world right now. But... It looks like Leicester's going to drop out of the top six, uh, top four. Sorry, with Liverpool again only needing a result against uh, I can't remember exactly who, but yeah, it's, it's not oh Palace. Sorry, yeah. it's not the trickiest game, and it's at home, I believe. So yeah, um, Leicester. Look, I think they'll be disappointed they didn't get top four in the end because they pretty much had third wrapped up for eighty percent of the eighty percent of the way. Yeah, um, but again, they've got the FA Cup trophy. And that's something they'll obviously hold close to them, along with their Premier League trophy a few years ago. Yeah. No, and I think it's good that some of those those lesser clubs are actually coming through and and, and shaking them up. Um, now you're off to a game this afternoon. Yes, I will be tuning in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And your your prediction for that match? Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think. But I think the home the home fan base will get us over the line. I say three one. All right, mate. Look, thank you for being on. Um, I know uh, myself and Penny will will try and make you a, a regular feature on on the program. Um, thank you for what you do. Anyone that contributes to spreading the word about football is a champion, in my view. Um, and it's been great talking to you. Thank you. I very much appreciate you getting me on, and I look forward to more. Uh, Good one. Cheers, mate. See Thanks, ya. Aaron. Ta-da. Okay, that was Aaron Trevathan of the Football Tragics. Get onto their blog and, and listen to them. Yep. They're, they're a good bunch of guys. Their podcast, so you can find yep. that on, uh, I was going to say all good bookstores, but uh, we're all good, all good <laughs> all pod good stores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get on, get on your phone. Get, get on, on your, your phone your, and find him. Your he's, uh, you, yep. you just heard him there. The man knows his stuff. Absolutely, and, does. You know, we can all overlook the fact he's a Chelsea fan. Can we? Well, oh. not really. <laughs> and, and and a Knicks fan. That's not good. And a Knicks fan. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good to see that he's uh, he's kept the family heritage there. I mean, they, yeah. they can do with all, their, all the support they get. But as I said to him, to, today's game over there, it's, you know, that yellow fever. The the Kiwis love the colour block out. You know, I don't know if anyone's seen when the uh, the All Blacks there and they, they put the call out for a, for a blackout. Uh, yeah. It's like all oh, spot colour in the crowd. I, I think they might go the same way here with the um, with the yellow fever. And 
I would be very surprised if you'll see any other colour in that crowd apart from yellow. No, good. Good on them, man. That's, that's what we need to have. And yeah. That, you know, it's, it's all part of that passion. And, you know, like them or love them, they, they are a passionate group of fans. And I think they deserved at least the, the home game for this season. Yep. Big move by the club to take them over east and base themselves there. But that's what they needed to do. Exactly right. Like, like you said, that was for, you know, almost two seasons. I mean, you ask any uh, any professional in... The bigger codes in uh, in Australia to go. Oh, by the way, you're you're living out of a suitcase for two years to play your sport. The uproar would be oh, no, I deafening. Know. I know it would be, but no, good on him. And uh, look, he's a he's a good lad. So we're going to go a break now. We'll be back with another good lad after this in Mark Anthony. Yep. So we're back after these. West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. 107.9 FM, your local station. Okay, now we're, we're back in the room. Hughes just looking up for the second division. Um, He's throwing pictures. me under the bus. Oh, He's throwing, throwing me under, under the bus. I'll throw him under the bus. What I can do Mark is, uh, while we get Mark on the line, I can uh, have a chat. I was at the uh, at the Civil Wormles... Um, Wormel Civil Stadium last night to watch the top of the table clash between uh, Mum FC and the Redbacks. Um, it was a really odd game. Um, Mum, for the first half, uh, 11 shots, on, uh, 5 on target, uh, five, 5 free kicks. They basically had 73% of the, um, of the possession against you know, top of the table Redbacks. They went 1-0 up, uh, Charlie Wainwright with a decent goal. And then uh, I don't know what was said in the uh, change rooms at, at halftime, but the Redbacks came out a completely different side. Um, Sean Billum, I mean, she just superb player. Um, yeah. In Four. the box, doing her usual stuff. Bang, down she goes. Um, referee Liam Barkley comes uh, quite well. I mean, he played, and I, don't, I always say, don't play an advantage in the penalty area, but there was a, a challenge there that, that looked clear for me. And uh, the second one against Sean, bang, down she goes. Clear penalty. Um, up steps Kim Carroll. I actually had uh, a bit of a side bet with the guy standing next to me. I thought, you know, bottom left-hand corner, you know, haven't seen Kim put a few away. No, she goes top right-hand corner, bang, one all. And then uh, uh, Larissa Walsh, oh, again, just a ball of energy the whole game. Uh, she runs down the wing in the 63rd minute to make it 2-1. And I'm thinking, well, there's a bit of a chance there. And then uh, Liam uh, unfortunately had a bit of an influence in the game. There was a, a fast break on, a foul uh, against Mum, probably uh, just over by the uh, the far touch line. Ball was on for a one-on-one break and he blew the whistle just that split second too early where the advantage was 
going to make it you know, pretty likely that Mum would go 2-2. He pulled it back for the free kick. Uh, and then we saw another one of the, the cracking goals from the, um, from the, um, the NPLW. Uh, this one won't even make goal of the season. Uh, and it was a 30, 35-yard flyer, absolute screamer from Jacinta Coleman. Um, Sarah reporting goal. I mean, she looked like it had it covered, but it just kept on going. And Redbacks end up winning 3-1, which, you know, to, like I said, the shots... First yeah. half, uh, five shots on. Uh, they only had another two shots. Um, yeah, it was just unbelievable, the turnaround. The miracle of the half-time chat. Miracle of the half-time <laughs> chat. A couple and of decent subs as well, but, uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, um, it was a really good game. And someone who's um, a, a fan of the 30-yarder himself. Uh, oh, yeah, wasn't he? <laughs> joins us now in, in, uh, in Mark Anthony. Mark, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, terrific. Uh, wonderful morning to, to look forward to a game of football. Um, but uh, really going to talk to you about last week. I mean, you, you've, your season's form in the league hasn't been crash hot, but um, you, you turned up against Rockingham. Yeah, well, yeah, you've been nicer since it's not been crash hot. The, the, the form in the league's been, been average at best, to be honest. Uh as I said uh, before, previously, the last four games have actually played really well and, and dominated games. But unfortunately, when we've been on top, not took our chances, and we've paid the price for that in terms of the results. But the performances have been reasonably good. Uh, and lucky enough, last week we took a few chances uh, down at Rockingham, and obviously uh, got the win, which is uh, really, really important for the club and and good for the boys' confidence. Uh, the, the second division is uh, a very, very tough league this year. And you look at um, teams like Dianella and uh, Windmills, who, you know, I don't know how they managed to get the, the sort of players they do, but they're, both of those sides seem to be um, desperate to get back up to Divi 1. You've got Balga, who have always been good. Caramar Shamrock, who um, had a great season last season, not having such a good season this year. Um, but, you know, those Wanneroo... Um, they're all good sides who are all looking to get themselves up, and obviously Gosnells have always been there. And you know the the first division without them is a sad place, but um, you know it is a really really tough division now. It is, yeah. Look, it's extremely tough. Obviously, like you just mentioned there, you've got a couple of clubs who have really um, upped their budget and, and and brought in a lot of players. Uh, and, and set the bar and, and it makes it difficult for the rest of the teams but you know that's just I mean you've got to do it Dianella, Morley teams like yourself desperate again to get into the first division uh, Melville put them in that bracket as well so yep. it's, a, it's a tough league you know Caramar last year were uh, the best team in the league and even they're finding it uh, harder this year um, but come the end of the season I'm sure they'll be up there as well so there is, there's probably six or seven teams that are capable of winning it uh, obviously, Dinella have set the pace and they've yet to lose a game, so they'd be favourites. It's, it's a tough league. It, it only takes three or four results. And yeah, what you're saying you there, like is... Three, it, four or five places, it, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you get the result today, you, you go, um, you know, seventh, which is, you know, from second bottom to comfortable mid-table with just one result. It's, it's an amazing league. Yeah, it is. It is, and that just shows you how tight the league is. And that's what I keep saying to our lads. You know, we need to... We need to try and put a run together, and if you can manage to string three, four results together, then you'd find yourself in a, a great position to be in. 
but again, that comes down to you know consistency. You've got to try and be consistent in your results. And you know, unfortunately for us this year, we haven't been consistent in picking up points. So it's something that we've got to work on. And you know, as I said, uh, hopefully last week's results to springboard to our league campaign. Uh, but again, we'll find that out uh, today when we play against Elbow. It'll be a tough game. Yeah, no, Melville will give you a tough game. Um, but I think, you know, it's all about confidence. And what I've seen and, and read uh, about Gosnells over the, the last few weeks is that you're actually playing good football. Uh, you're just not, as you said, making the, the most of those opportunities in the final third. So you're more than capable of giving teams a good game, as Rockingham found out. Um, it's just for you as a coach, how do, how do you get the, the boys to to make the most of those opportunities and a bit of belief in themselves that they deserve to win? Well, hopefully they take belief in, in the sense that they beat an NPL club last last week. But yeah. look, it comes down to certain things. You know, we've got to take our chances. So, you know, we're expecting our forward players to score goals. And when we're on top in games, we've got to put the ball in the back of the net because that's what counts at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how much possession you've got. You've got to put the ball in the back of the net. So... The, the the one thing that's pleasing is we keep playing and we keep playing we're creating chances uh, I'd be a lot more worried if we're not creating chances so we spoke about that you know we've just got to keep going keep going and hopefully we get that wee bit of luck in front of goal and, and we can turn these um, bad results into wins Absolutely and um, then you look at some of the other clubs around there Canning have always got uh, good support and um, you know they're, they're not doing too badly Um Kelmscott, I think, are in a, yeah, a, a lot of strife trouble. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a minus 21 goal difference after six games, that, that's not... It's almost unrecoverable, you would have thought. Yeah, look, I mean, they're finding it hard. But again, like I say, it only takes two or three wins for them to pull themselves back into it. And, and, you know, that's what they'll be thinking. But, look, like I say, we've just got to worry about ourselves and yep. try and find some forms to, to string some wins together. As I've spoken to the lads, there's no point in playing well and losing, then winning the game, losing the game. You've got to try and get a run of games together. And Like I said, we'll, we'll try that today. Uh, really tough game going to Melbourne. It's a bit of derby. So, you know, we're hoping the boys, like I say, the response, uh, they shouldn't be tired because they had um, a night at the pools on Tuesday and we trained well on <laughs> Thursday, so we should be ready to go. So, Mark, have- did you uh, adjust your training for the uh, the synthetic pitch or business as usual? Yeah, just business. Look, we had a tough game on the Sunday, obviously, against Rocky. So in terms of training, Tuesday, we just had a pool session uh, just to try and get the last to get a recovery. And then on Thursday, we just trained as normal. There's, you know, it's synthetic pitch, but, you know, how do you prepare for it? You can't prepare for it, obviously. You know, the, the, the good thing is if there is a little bit of rain, the ball will... Oh, well, nice. You know, it's a true true bounce on the ground. So it's a good pitch. It's just very big, and, and it is uh, it's hard to play on in terms of the. Yep. You know, normally, when we do play them, the boys are pretty sore for a few days after. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wondered how it would affect the game. Obviously, as you say that the um, the true bounce of the ball is a an issue, but um, you know the. the how does it impact on the limbs afterwards? And, and I know some of the girls have struggled playing on mm. it, particularly those that aren't used to it. And I don't know how much of an advantage it is for the home side. Yeah, look, like I said, I don't know if it's an advantage. Obviously, they train on it, but that's fine. They're just maybe more used to it. But like I say, the ball the ball bounces and rolls fine. There's no excuse for that, for that side. Yeah, it's more 
for me, it's more just in terms of the boys' legs after it. They are a bit sore, their feet are a bit sore, their ankles, just the joints, because it's, the pitch is probably that wee bit firmer underneath. So, but yeah, we we just got to, you know, we've just got to make sure we're ready for the game and then recover after it. Obviously, there's no easy games in this league, so you've got to keep backing it up. And, you know, now that we are in the Cup still, um, we've obviously got some midweek games coming up, so that's going to just be a test of squad, really. Yeah. And um, obviously, you, you lost Faisal Zor last year. I think he he was at Rockingham. Uh, do you catch up with him? Who's that? Sorry, Faisal. Faisal, yeah. Well, look, Faisal was massive for us last year. He was a top goal scorer, a uh, huge player for us. And obviously, we were well gutted that he decided to leave. But uh, you know, for a club and, and personal point of view, he had the opportunity to go and play MPL, and you know, we'll never stop them. Um, you know, jumping to that level. So yeah. it was good to catch up. You know, um, he's a player, obviously, that we rate highly. Uh, and we obviously had to um, make sure we kept on quiet the weekend. But, you know, it's, it's very difficult to keep really good players quiet. Uh, so It's quality. Uh, he's still yeah. done well for them. Yeah. So, we, as I say, we're just happy that we got the result. So, with that in mind, Mark, um, how's the... Um, the the, the base level going. How, how the reserves and the and the eighteens going? You got any superstars coming through there? Oh, there's a few younger kids. You know, there's actually a few in the eighteens that are going really well. Uh, the reserves have found it a bit harder as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found it pretty difficult this year, but in terms of just results. Uh, but again, we're hoping that they start picking up some results in the corner. Yeah, the, the couple of players I'm interested in is seventeen-year-old um, Bryce Ray. Um, he's been in your first team. How's he going? Yeah, he's he's done really well. Uh, Luke, he's he's been awesome for us to be honest. Very young. We gave him a lot. Of, we gave him a few opportunities last year, um, and it, you know you can just see his improvement. Even in the the night series this year, his improvement's yeah. been really good. So we're happy with Bracey. You know he's got an abundance of pace. Uh, it's just again just getting him the experience yeah. against bigger boys, you know, and, and that yeah. kind of environment and. You know, again, he just needs a couple of goals just to get started his season. Uh, he scored last week, which gives him the confidence going into today's game. So, as I say, like, he's one of the lads that have come through. And as I say, he's only, I think, 17, 18. So, yeah. it's really good for the club. And it, it's nice been. to see that, you know, you, you're following that policy that um, if you if you... If you're good enough, you're old enough, and you know you're not letting the age get in the way. And another player that I, I have a personal interest with is Leon Varney. He used to be one of our 18s at uh, Ashfield. And how's how's young Leon going? Yeah, he's been going okay. He got injured at the weekend. He come off pretty early, so he'll be he's not involved today. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Look, he's he come into the club this year. Uh, and he's done all right. He's taking a bit of time to find his feet, but you know, I'm sure once he gets up and running, he'll be okay. And what do you know about Mum? Have you had any intel on them? Any players you've got to worry about in their lineup? Ah, look, we know. I know. I know pretty much most of the, the side. You know, I've had a couple of boys from home over the last couple of years that they've taken from us, so we know these guys. And we signed a lot of players over the the off season. Uh, like I say, they put a lot into their budget to try and get promoted. So you know, we know we know that they're a good side. Yeah. Uh, we know it's difficult to beat at their ground. Uh, so we've done a due diligence in terms of yeah. the squad. So you know, we, we, we can study their squad all day, but we've got to worry about ourselves. 
So from your perspective, um, I know the State League this year has been designated as Amateur League, so there's there's limits and what people can pay. Um, so it really hasn't made a difference to the, to the State League, or do you think that for, for someone like yourself, um, you know, is that an advantage for you? You can bring in players and play that, you know, and not worry about the, the sorts of stupid money that's been dashed around in the last few years. Yeah, look, you've got to pay them and and people that are invested in the club people that want to play for the shirt want to play for the club want to play for you um you know and that's really what you you want no one really wants these mercenaries well that's it you want people that want to be there for for the reason purely to fit into your your style of play and to be part of your club uh look at we didn't have any issues with the boys at our club. They're all happy to be there. We've got a lot of lads that have played at the club for years, which is a huge advantage. Yeah. Uh, and then when the new new lads come in, you know, we try and ingrain them to how the club runs and how we work. And, you know, to be honest, 99% of the boys that come in uh, do adjust pretty well. So, you know, it's a good club. Um, very honest club. You know, they've got a lot of good people at the club. So, it's just, you know, like the last week's results for these kind of guys that have been at the club for years and, you know, to see yeah. it, I know it's really important. Good for the guys to see. For and myself and, and the coaching staff, it's just another game. You know, and also the fun. grannies have supported them since they were young girls. So, you know, um, there's the, what I like about that club is that, it you know, once you're in, you're in, that's it for life. And, yeah, well, you that's, know, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly it. You know, like I say, if you come to the club, they'll look after you there. And, you know, like there's a lot of ex-players that leave, come back, and, you know, they've been to other clubs, but they, they obviously enjoy our club. So we, we try and have that kind of atmosphere. Mm. Uh, well, I suppose in, in that regard, Faisal's a great example. Faisal went through your under-18s, played first team, went off to Balcata and played in the NPL. And then when he, he you know, when he got a bit tired of that, the place he went back to was home, which was Gosnell's, um, yeah. with yourself. And now he's back in the NPL. So, you know, it's good. And I think that little spell he had at Gosnell's made him fall back in love with the game and, and want to, you know, excel again. So it's great that the, the players don't forget where they came from. Yeah, definitely. I agree totally. All right, mate. Look, best of luck uh, this afternoon against Mum. Um, you know, Maddie will have his boys all charged <laughs> up, ready for you. Um, I see that the um, on the internet they've tipped you for a one 0 win, which is normally used by coaches to incite the other side <laughs> to win. But you know, you're, you're a passionate man, and I think you'll get that across to to your boys this afternoon. And and for a neutral, if you're looking for a game to go and watch, that would be the one yep. in Divi Two for me. Yeah, yeah. Look, it should be a cracker. Every time we've played, there's been goals galore. So it should be a good game. Hopefully the weather stays away. Hopefully it's not too wet. Uh, and yeah, look forward to the game and, and, and hopefully we can pick up a result. I'm looking forward to the day we see Gosnell's back in Divi 1, mate, because I said it's been a long time without them. And I think if anyone can do it, it's you. So thank you for being on. Good on you, Mark. No worries. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Cheers. Bye. Okay, so what that was. So I've got the yeah yeah, yeah. The, the bus got off me. So I've got, I've got the uh, state two um, league fixtures in front of me. Obviously, yeah. the one we just spoke about there with Mark is uh, Mum FC um, against Gosnells. That's at the um, Wormall Civil Stadium at Murdoch Uni. So that's yeah. a three o'clock kickoff. We've got Curtin Uni against Wanneroo City. That's at Edinburgh Oval. Three o'clock as well. Um, 
the distance derby, Joondalup City against Balga. That's up at Iluka. That's three o'clock as well. Kelmscott against Canning City. So that's a local, another local derby. So hopefully Kelmscott can get out of their, their recent run of poor form and uh, get a result there. Again, that's three o'clock at uh, Fry Park. According uh, to the, the Canning International Fan Club, they've got a big fan base overseas. Yeah. Um, they're, they're up for a win. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. they're up for a win. Then, then we've got another local derby, again, which uh, Mark was talking about. This is a four o'clock kickoff. It's Dianella against Morley Windmills. That's at Dianella Reserve 3. And then a five o'clock kickoff. So that should be when... Uh, so the weatherman tells us it's going to be at its worst. That's um, Kingsley Westside against Caramar, and that's at uh, Chichester Park A. There's a couple of cracking games oh, there. Yeah. I think, uh, Luke, the, the match of the round has, has got to be Dianella versus Morley. Yep. Um, both clubs um, are dead set certainties to, to be up there. Um, yep, the Joondalup City Balga one, I've seen Balga yeah. a, a couple of times, and, and yeah, they're, they're a, they're a hard-working uh, on a side. I'm on the Football WA net. Here um, we go. Site and it, no, no, they've they've tipped windmills for a one nil win over Dianella at home. Um, I think if Jacob's doing that, it's, it's got to be the Dutch in him that's coming well, out. Well, well, <laughs> he's really going out on a limb there, isn't he? One nil here, one nil there. Has he picked any nil nils? Yeah, well, I think it'd, <laughs> it'd be difficult to to back. Um, Windmills against Dianella at home with Bobby coaching and what he's got at his disposal. So, yeah, but I don't know. I, I My tip for that one would, would be Dianella. But I would have thought so. But, yeah. again, stranger things are happening and the weather Absolutely. might pay, uh, pay a big part in that one. Uh, and, of course, as we um, we mentioned with Mark, uh, the State 2 uh, league, tie, uh, league standings, uh, Dianella uh, undefeated at the moment, 16 points from there. Six games, so obviously there's a draw in there. Dinella top, Kingsley Westside second, Mum third, Morley fourth, and then of course down the other end of the table we've got um, Kelmscott, as we said, yet to record a record a win. Uh, Gosnells, but as we spoke to Mark, you know one win there puts them back into mid table. Junlup City and Balga um, there, but that that bottom end of the table it, it's pretty tight so even um, Balga there they're only five points from uh, from fourth place mm. and division one we've got uh, the division one fixtures handy yes I do indeed yeah. yep like I said that bus got off me so <laughs> 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 I, I got things on the go so the division one we've got uh, uh, all of these are three o'clock kickoffs we've got Joondalup United against uh, Olympic Kingsway that's at Forest Park we've got Forestfield United versus Subiaco that's at Crazy Domain Stadium Forestfield mm-hmm. So you don't get surprised by that one. Uh, Sterling Macedonia against UWA Nedlands. That's at Macedonia Park. We've got Mandras City against Ashfield. So what's your prediction there, Sean? Ashfield to get a um, result? I mean, it's a fair way to go. It's a fair way to go. Young side against a very experienced Mandras side. But who knows? It's, you know, both sides are, are capable of winning and losing that one. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true enough as well. Yeah. Then, we, then we've got uh, – so that's down at um, uh, Mandra. We've got uh, Swan United against Quinns. That's at the uh, the Italian club. Francis Street Reserve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got Western Knights against uh, Fremantle City. That's at Nashfield. Yeah, there's a couple of really big games there, though. You've got Forestfield versus Subiaco. Um, Forestfield, just the one win under their belt. Yep. And, um, you know, Subiaco – um, don't want to be in that, in struggle streak at the end of the season. No. So that's going to be an interesting one. And you've got Joondalup playing Olympic. And Olympic, again, 
down the bottom yeah, end of the table right. is very unusual. I mean, they won the league last yes, year. Yes, again. They've got uh, David Tuff coaching them. It's going to be a, a, a really interesting game, that one. Yep. And we've got the league standings there. We've got Western Knights, uh, again, another undefeated side, but uh, only 14 points from their six games. So, again, a couple And of, this couple game of against Frio is a six-pointer. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Frio uh, a third there. Um, they're only three points behind. So, like I say, it is a, a genuine six-pointer. We've got Sterling in second place there. Quinn's fourth. Tunes up United in fifth on nine points. And then at the other end of the table, we've got UWA on three, Olympic Kingsway on three points from their five games. So they've, uh, these clubs have got games in hand. Forestfield United, uh, Ashfield and Mandra all have the game in hand. And with that uh, results today, you know, even if Ashfield get the result, I mean, that, that puts them again back up into the mid-table and, and nipping at the heels of the top, uh, the top three. Yeah, look, it's again, very tight leagues. And, and anyone who thinks that uh, state leagues are a walk in the park is sadly mistaken because all those clubs are, are very well uh, coached, all play a really good standard oh, football yeah. now. And, um, yeah, look, it's, um, it's, it's tough. Yep, and uh, you know if you want to uh, catch those games, you're a bit uh, shy of getting wet. Uh, you can find those on the Football West uh, Facebook page for the live stream, or yep. on uh, on the YouTube's. And if you're down Mandra Way, um, they've got a nice covered stand. So they do see. indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can and see they, they put on a, weather. They put on a good uh, a good spread down there as well. Absolutely, they do, and I think that's the whole point: is yeah, get out and support the, the local teams, and um, also the oppositions if you're that way inclined. So yeah. Get out there, do yourself a favour and watch the games. That's it. And like I said, with uh, Undercover Forest Field, with their uh, their crazy domain stadium, that, that's a great place to watch any game from. Oh, they've done terrific work there, the, the committee, and uh, you know it continues to, to improve the ground. And these, these are the things that I, I say are so important. When you go to a ground that there's you don't have to bring your own chair to, <laughs> yeah. it's, no, it's yeah. worth the entry fee because then you can sit undercover yep. and, and watch the game in comfort, decent bar, decent canteen. Yep. Um, makes Those 1% as for a fan makes all the difference. Yep. Uh, I've got no... No disrespect for the clubs that don't have those facilities, but you know people like Forestfield and and uh, Ashfield, Gosnells and Mandra. Mandra yep. All of those have invested lots of money in making sure that the the fan base are looked after, and and as much as you've got to look after the players, um, you know when you go and watch a game and there's a rope around the park and it's t- you know, 100 metres from the bar, um, yeah, it, <laughs> it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean there are some clubs there with uh, with the constraints that are out of their hands, you know, like UWA and and Mum. Uh, as I said, I was down there last night. So, there's, no, mum's there, coming along though. There's cover there, but yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it's a work in progress. It's though. A, and as as Penny will keep telling you, yeah. get, see us in a couple of years' time. No, and, but, and then, but the thing is that the, their major investment has been on the playing surface. That's which right. The, that playing surface can be ah. used twenty four seven. You know, three hundred and sixty five. Yep. Um, it's it's not like a, a grass park where no. you're going to get boggy and get holes in it and all those things. So, from that perspective, it's, it's brilliant. Um, but the the downside of that is that the other infrastructure isn't there yet, yet. and that's the yet. That's so right. there is a plan for for the rest of it, and and good on them. Yeah. You know that you've got to prioritise things. But I think you know you watch some of these these teams that don't have a home in particular, who then this year are at this park and next year at that park. Um, very hard for for you to find the playing space and then to get it. Um, blocked off. I went to Balca- uh, sorry, Bayswater last week and I noticed they had signs up all around their um, <laughs> facility saying, you know, that it'd be, um, the public weren't allowed in there between 10 and 6 or whatever. Um, and, they, they, yeah, they're sharing public space. So it, it is difficult. 
Yeah, but, you know, um, Baisley have been there for a long time. They've invested a lot of money in their stands and other things, and good on them. And yeah. then when you look at the work Perth have done, um, Balcata, um, Sterling, you know, the, they're up there. Yep. And with that in mind, we've got the NPLWA fixtures for today. Uh, all of these, again, are 3 o'clock kickoffs. So we've got Inglewood United against Balcata at Inglewood Stadium, Armadale against Bayswater. That's at the Alfred Skeet Reserve. We've got Rockingham City against the Glory. Uh, that's down at Rockingham, Lark Hill Park. Uh, Sorrento versus Perth. That's at Percy Doyle. We've got ECU Joondalup, uh, Florida United. That's at uh, ECU Joondalup. And Quellup, Croatia against Coburn City. And that's at the Croatian Sporting Complex. So, again, it's a couple of crackers to be uh, looked at there. Um, the top of the table clash between ECU and Florida certainly looms as the uh, the game of the day. But... That being said, any one of those would be handy to go to. The Sorrento-Perth game, for example, down at, uh, as I heard Tommy Dolman call it, Windy Hill. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's going to be an absolute beauty as well. The good old Windy Hill, mate. No, yeah. look, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Perth institution for football. Yes. Um, talking about Perth institutions for football, joining us now is Tony Pinata from the Perth Glory. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. No, no, thank you for being on. Um, a very, very different season. I mean, we, we had a completely different season last year with COVID. And this year with the semi-COVID, um, it's brought its own unique challenges. And people are very much aware that the players have had to change their routines and as fixtures and everything's changed. But for you, as in your position and the, the background or the background, room staff, changing fixtures, changing flights is not a simple exercise, is it? It must be a, been a massive amount of work for you guys. Yeah, it has been interesting, uh, I suppose, 14, 15 months. Um, you know, we 12 months ago we were in lockdown and, and then we finished the season off in uh, August, September in, in New South Wales in a hub and uh, then we had to go away in December and play Champions League in uh, Qatar and then come back and hotel quarantine for two weeks. And then the, uh, we had to redo our fixtures, so we started later in, Jan- in January and then we had to play catch-up. And then we had, we got caught out in Melbourne and we had to come back and spend another two weeks in quarantine and change fixtures. So, yeah, it's been a uh, an interesting season, to be fair. And, um, yeah, a lot of changes and a lot of... Uh, I suppose, uh, adapting to uh, to different scenarios. What sort of impact has it had on things like memberships? I mean, I was contacted early in, in the season by your membership team, who were fantastic, um, and obviously signed up for another season myself. But um, has it had an effect on, on the membership overall? Yeah, about uh, one and a half million bucks worth. Wow. We've lost. Mm. Yeah, no, it's been devastating. We've lost about 6,000 members this year that haven't signed up. Um, now, normally we, we get about 11,000, 12,000 members. This year we've only got about 5,000. And, uh, you know, we we had uh, seating capacity restrictions, only 50% in the stadium, so we yep. can offer flexes, uh, memberships. Um, you know, we've had games that have been locked out. Uh, we had you know, one a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had to, you know, sort of give discounts to members from last season that uh, missed out on some games. So it's really hit the uh, hit the bottom line hard. And not only memberships, but, uh, you know, we're probably down, 
you know, 700 grand in, in corporate hospitality. So if you add the two together, uh, you know, we're, we're effectively down about 3 million bucks this year in, uh, in revenue, which, uh, yeah, it, it hurts. Absolutely, and that was—I was going to lead into the corporate side of it because you've been very big in the corporate mm. side with the the corporate lunches and breakfasts and all those other things you did. But you know, in very uncertain times with people on the COVID payments, and you know, everyone's uncertain of the future. Um, it, that must have impacted on you awfully. Yeah, as I said, you know, corporate-wise, we have we, we've been lucky enough that um, you know BHP have stuck by us, and we've had. You know, niche living come on, uh, and so you know the top top line sponsors have uh, helped us out, um, and and to be fair, a lot of uh, sort of support sponsors as well. But you know, corporate hospitality because we haven't been able to sell boxes because of uh, you know c- capacity issues. You know, when you only got fifty percent of a stadium to uh, to sell, you've got to basically split. You know, a, an eight seater box. Uh, you got to split four people in one, four people in, in another. So you you. You know, reducing the uh, the ability to, to sell. So, um, and what happens is that once we did go to full capacity and we've had home games, um, a lot of people decide, well, look, you know, it's too late in the season, we're, and we really missed the boat because, you know, earlier on you can sell memberships, but then when it gets to a certain part, you know, people's routine changes, they, uh, you know, spend their money elsewhere or look at other things. So, and we've seen it in our crowds as well. You know, we're only getting three or four thousand at the moment. Yeah. And that's, I suppose, look, from a, a budget perspective, um, you know, over a normal season, home game every two or three weeks, um, easy to, to factor it in. And then when you, you do that, you know, for me, because we use the Acrod parking, that's $10 every time. Mm-hmm. But then there's um, food and drink. And, you know, if you're doing that on a Wednesday and then have to do it on a Sunday and then do it on the following Wednesday, for some people, their budgets just can't do that. So that must impact on um, all your vendors, the people selling the coffee and the, the burgers and everything else and, and the alcohol. Um, and then the, the shed's been reduced in capacity. So, you know, all of those things must hurt everybody involved in, in that side of the business. Yeah, we're, you're right. I mean, you know, we've had seven games in a row at home because of our border being closed early on. We couldn't get teams here, so we had to play away on the road. And, you know, when you're away for two or three weeks, it's a big uh, travel bill as well and accommodation yeah. and flights and everything like that. And then, uh, you know, when you are playing at home, the beauty is at least we're at home, but you're right, you know, when you're playing Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, uh you know, you're not going to get people coming every uh, every week, uh, and it uh, makes it uh, very, very uh, difficult, and it really hurts the bottom line. Morning, Tony. Huey here. Tony, has the club had any um, control or input on some of these um, for a, for a fan odd kickoff times, particularly the, the midweek seven thirty kickoff? You know, if you're trying to attract the the fans to return, that doesn't seem to be the the best way to go about it with with that sort of thing because you. you you know, particularly a school night. By the time you get home, get the kids sorted out and back into into a quiet space to go to bed, it's it's getting close to eleven o'clock. They've, it's a difficult thing for families to to manage. Yeah, no. Look, we uh, we haven't. Um, you know, ah. We've got to understand. Also, there's another game before us in the yeah. East that kicks off at seven o'clock their time, so which is five o'clock our time. So we're the game after. Um, so. Everyone's playing catch-up. Um, it's basically trying to get the season, uh, you know, sort of done. Otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll run out of uh, 
at a time. We have to finish by the uh, end of June. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we haven't had much of a say in, uh, yeah, in I mean, kickoff times. That's understandable. But has there not been any uh, thought process that, like you say, there is the, the Eastern States kickoff time that, that we start maybe an hour after that? You know, at least give uh, the the fans in Perth the opportunity to to watch our team at a reasonable time and be able to get everybody home, particularly midweek, at a reasonable time as well. I mean, we see that in leagues around the world that um, staggered kickoff times are effective. They, they they do work, and if you have different time zones, that's that's a, obviously a, a good way to go about it. And then have you know a, a, the, the opportunity of of picking. To, to finish watching the, the game that started early or start the game that's starting an hour later from, from the very kickoff. Yeah, no, uh, Fox not, won't do that. Fox will basically say, okay, well, we play one game and then we finish it and do another game. So it won't be, you know, two channels. So they only use one channel. So you can't, Great. Uh, yeah. you know, have, have a game going on and another one kicks off, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, say, you know, into the second half of the first game. So, uh, yeah, we're a bit uh, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. You know, tomorrow night we're at 6.15 kickoff on yeah. Sunday, which is not ideal. No. As well, well mm. that, that, that probably answered uh, a question that was thrown at me by uh, Tommy Dolman last night. Uh, he, he proposed the idea of uh, some leagues that when they have their final day fixtures, they all kick off at the same time. So, like, there's no chance. Of, like, every game's got the live... Um, uh, feel to it that um, obviously without having the promotion relegation at the moment, any opportunity for that that to go ahead, or do you still believe that Foxtel want game after game after game, day after day after day? Oh, we've been fifteen years; it's never happened. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. look, I think it all comes down to Foxtel um, scheduling, and you know that's something that every club in the league's tied mm. to, and you, you really can't get around that. Um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was the um, issue that we've seem to have had with security over the last couple of weeks. Ooh, here we go. Um, you know, it's always been a, a feature of the shed, the drums and all the other bits and pieces, some of which borders on breaching the, the ground use, if you like, uh, and fan behaviour, but it's it's part of the flavour of, of a Perth home game and ended up in a, a young man being ejected from, from the ground in a, a semi-walkout by the shed, um, which you very tactfully, mm. tactfully um, negotiated with the security team and the young fella ended up throwing the coin at the last game. So um, was there a, a real problem or was it just a, a matter of perspective? Yeah, yeah. Um uh, I mean, I was alerted at half time uh, during the Wanderers game that um, that Michael had been uh, evicted for uh, being intoxicated. So I um, I went there um, and spoke to Michael. He didn't seem intoxicated to me. It was a judgment call made by security on the night, which I disagreed. I reviewed the footage the next morning. Um, you know, when Andy Keogh scored that goal. Uh, you know, he got a little bit overexcited and took his shirt off and ran down from the shed in front of the crowd at the uh, bottom of the uh, the shed and then back up and put it back on and wanted to get in and they sort of threw him out after that, which is uh, I felt was uh, over the top, yep. uh, heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been banging on about active supporter, you know, in, in, in my time and I've been involved in this league now, well, since 2007. So, you know, at Wellington, I had the yellow fever, I had the COVID, Sydney FC, and, and now we've got the shirt. And, uh, you know, we've lost that, that flavour of, of, of the fans. And, and I know that there was a lot of rogue element uh, involved uh, in active supporters that we had to weed out. 
mm-hmm. you know, flares and all that, and it has. But, um, you know, you go to some games, not so much here, but you go to some games in, in the uh, east uh, where you've got tactical response group and SWAT teams and uh, mounted police. And it, it is very intimidating for a, for a family to walk into a game of football and go, well, are we going to war here? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that, I think FFA haven't handled well uh, previously. Hmm. I know, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, sort of, uh, you know, they had, uh, had had a motor, which is a security group, and it really drove a lot of fans away and they got really tired because, you know, I was at Sydney FC when we had 40-odd thousand at uh, Allianz Stadium between the Wanderers and, uh, you know, the RBB there and the, and the Cove. And, and yes, it was tense, but that's, that's football and it's very European atmosphere. It was just amazing. And, uh, it's gone. And, yep. uh, and you've seen crowds sort of go as well because, you know, a lot of people enjoyed going there and watching that, you know, chanting between the two teams and the interaction. It's actually part of the entertainment. Now, you're right there, Tony. I I was over there um, for a Subidio tournament in 2018 to watch the the Big Blue semi-final. And as I'm walking towards the venue, I'm thinking, what what is going on here? I mean, there was police and and security everywhere. I'm going, are we going to a riot or am I just going to a soccer game? I, I, I seriously just scratched my head and went, what is happening here? Yeah, no, you're right, and um, uh, you know, I wrote an article, uh, Daily Telegraph, about six or seven years ago, uh, just saying that to a lot of people, and it's a lot of the media over east as well that built it up too much. And I, said, I invited them come and watch a game, yep. you know, come and watch a big game, and I'll walk around and you feel safe. It's not intimidating. Yes, that you know they're, they're sort of chanting and and you know, but. Um, it's, it's not intimidating. You can feel safe. But I, I went to games you. in the UK in the 70s when it was oh, intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know what intimidating yep. is. You go to a glory game, you'll go to a game against Sydney, there'll be a Sydney fan in the shed. And yes, there's some, some banter, but there's nothing else. There's no violence. There's, there's a lot of humour. And, you know, yeah. it, it's one of the things about Australia that I really love is that if that happened in the UK, someone's going out in an ambulance. But here, it's, it's just a bit of banter and, and nothing, nothing more than that. And it's, it's overplayed by the media. It was overplayed in the 70s by, by Margaret Thatcher and her government for political gain. And I think they, they vilified soccer uh, yep. fans as a result of it. Yes, it is, it is very exuberant, but it's all part of the entertainment. Yeah, now I've, I've often said, what, where's the law that says soccer fans stop being citizens? I mean, yeah. if, if you walk down the street and, and had that uh, behaviour inflicted upon you by police or security, you'd be able to go, hang on a minute, we'll see you in court. Put a, a, put a soccer shirt on that person, and all of a sudden, no, no, you can beat him with a truncheon. No worries. Yeah, no. Look, I, I think a lot of it stems from you know the, the, the issues in the UK and, and Europe, and but it hasn't really sort of impacted here. And you know, we're very the media is very AFL and league mm. focused. Um, you know, you see punch ups at uh, oh, don't we? Look, <laughs> with with the eviction of Michael, to be fair. We had every channel call for an interview, Channel 9, Channel 7, 10. We even made the back page of the uh, the West. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and that's because of, oh, it's a fan issue. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sick of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's right. It's just picking on, on football fans and, and, and the media here is uh, so anti-football and uh, pro you know, Aussie rules and, and league. Yeah. Um, and we don't get a fair go. And then in the same week, we've had in an AFL game, someone or two blokes got into an argument, ended up with somebody punching someone around the ear. He fallen back into the seats. And they've all gone, yeah. oh, it's just a bit of hijinks. They yeah. just got a little excited, you know. Yeah. Had that been football fans, that would have been a near riot. No, exactly. It would have yeah. been a oh, massive uh, hooligan brawl, football fans again. Yep. Yeah, yeah, close close doors next game, that sort of stuff. That's yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Now, now concentrating on the off the park stuff. Um, last year with the the W League and and the start of the W League, you weren't even sure until the the eleventh mm. hour that there was even going to be a competition. And even if there was a competition, whether or not you'd be able to to. Um, competing it because if it was a hub there's no way that the the girls that play for the glory who are students or have jobs would be able to to live in a hub environment um so last year's um appointment and appointment of players was 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 very slow this year i see alex is already signing up players which is fantastic and obviously you have a huge hand within how all that works it must have been um horrible at the start of the season not not even knowing what was happening yeah, um, there was you know even talk that we would not play because our borders were shut. There was talk that we would actually play out of New South Wales and form a, an eastern team um, that would represent Perth Glory. Um, but luckily enough, you know borders started opening a little bit in December. And, and you know credit to the W League players, it was tough you know to put together a team. And Alex did a, a wonderful job. Um, and yeah, we we only sort of managed a couple of draws, I think, and uh, you know we uh, didn't get a win. But uh, uh, it, it was uh, it was a, you know, a frustrating and difficult season for the W League. And I said to Alex, um, you know, let's uh, let's go again, and let's this time you know plan properly. So we're signing players up, and uh, uh, and hopefully we'll sign a few more up soon, and you know be ready for for the start of the W League season uh, later this year. Good yeah, one. look, I thought the appointment of Alex was brilliant. I think, yeah. you know, with, with all the young girls, Perth-based girls that we brought in, plus the players that Alex brought in, the team, although it didn't win, on several occasions looked like they were more than capable Very of doing it. So yeah. they, they were competitive. And I think for a true fan, that's all you really want. Um, so, you know, that was good. The club seems to be going in a, a direction that is very, very um, good for us in local people, quality people. Um, and then going through and youthful, and then going through to the the men's side. Um, you know, Richie Garcia as a coach is is certainly um, putting his authority and, and stamping his authority on the side. Unfortunately, it looks like the the situation with Neil um, is not as good as people would like it to be. But you know, he's been a great servant mm. for the club, and everyone has their time. Going forward, there's speculation in the paper now about Michael Garcia, uh, sorry, Michael Garcia, about Diego Castro. Mm -hmm. And look, at 39, the man still plays like a 17-year-old. But, you know, the the direction of the club seems to be going down that very youth-orientated ground. And and some of those young boys coming through, like Callum Callum and um, Cameron and a few others, are are really starting to to come good. So, you know, I think we're, we're in a really good space at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, Richie's sort of uh, sort of taken, uh, you know, to be under- understand, you know, Richie's sort of uh, is new to the uh, first-team coaching and uh, he's done a, a wonderful job, 
uh, rotating the squad. And it's been difficult, as I explained earlier on, with, you know, lockdowns and quarantines and, you know, games uh, that we've had to... Um, yeah, not fly or, or play away for, for three weeks, uh, etc. And then um, this so. this concertina with all the games we've had in the last couple of weeks, you know, having to rotate an, a squad and manage players has been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, people were smashing Richie and the club for not playing Andy Keogh on, on Wednesday night, you know, saying, oh, he scored four goals, how can you drop him? Uh, this, that. Uh, I'll tell you, if Andy had played Wednesday night, he probably wouldn't be playing for the rest of the season. Um, so you've got to manage the the loads, and we really work with the medical staff on on their uh, their loads and, and what they can and can't do. And, and Andy's output against the Wanderers uh, was was you know the highest of, of any player for the whole season. So of course he pulled up a little bit sore and, and tired, and uh, you know if it was week to week it'd be fine. So. You know he's, he's he's flying now, and he'll be fine for uh, for tomorrow. But uh, people just don't understand, uh, I suppose, the whole makeup. But their fans and social media gives them uh, a voice. Yeah, look at the social media voice. You can take it or leave it. In my opinion, um, I know yourself. You're you're very. Um very active on on the social media, and I saw one earlier on in the in the year where someone was very very disrespectful to you, and that that had the the, the potential to be a race to the bottom. But uh, like a true gentleman, you resolved it and 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 put a stop to all of the the nastiness and the keyboard warriors that were jumping in on it. Um, so yeah, I think the way you manage yourself on the social media is really good. Yeah, no, thank you. I. Um yeah, it's just about the uh, the shed being shut, and I'm trying to explain to him it's not our decision to shut the shed. It's it's, it's law, you know. And yeah. I can't I can't change law as much as we we try. Uh, that's for so. But no, I, I private message the person. I said, uh, let me call you. I'll explain everything to you. Um, so yeah, look, they 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 understand, and I got an apology out of it. And play on. Yeah, exactly. No, it's great. Um, but then other people seem to read things into it, and I know that there was a tweet that you put up recently that people kind of going, oh, is he going? Because I think uh, everybody hopes you're not. And I know you, you, your family's all Melbourne-based, and you know with COVID it's been horrendous for you, but you know, you're doing a terrific job out there, and, and we'd like to see you finish the job you started. Yeah, look, it was probably my fault to be honest, the way I wrote it, um, I'd probably use maybe past tense. And I actually <laughs> said to my wife, I said, uh, how does that reach you? She goes, it reads like you were going. I said, well, okay, <laughs> it. But, no, it was, just, it was just three years I've been at, at Perth and I basically said I've loved uh, every, every minute of it. Uh, you know, um, you know, love the city, love the people here and, and, and the job. And uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not... Uh, well, unless Sagey gives me a buzz in the next few days. But um, <laughs> no, look, I'm... Uh, he, I'd like to stick around. He's a smart man. He'll keep you on. I mean, like, the, the, the work you were doing pre-COVID with, with all the corporate side of things is, you know, you're, you're real gambit and that's what you do really well. And it's unfortunate that COVID has, has undone a lot of that work for you. Um, but looking forward, you know, that will pick up and as confidence in this state is growing and we're probably climbing out of COVID better than most, um, that will all come back. It's the, the acquisition of players and, you know, Whilst I, I appreciate the job that Richie's doing with the young folks, you know, at some stage, Castro has to stop playing. I mean, he's, he's 39 now, he'll be 40 next year. He's probably going to be good till he's 50, but, you know, we, we've got to plan a replacement. And, and a good marquee is always, as you know, um, 
key um, and it's not always an easy ask to get them to here rather than Sydney. Yeah, no, look, Diego's been a, a fantastic player, you know, probably one of the best in the A-League and you know, I signed another one you know, over in the East, uh, Nikovic, who I rate yeah, yeah. very highly as well. Yeah. Um, but Castro is, is, is up there and but we'll, we'll, we're speaking with Diego and, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I mean, you're right. I mean, we've got a We've got a, a young squad, we've got an older squad, and we need to have that balance in the middle at that age. So, um, And that's uh, that's something we, we're very mindful of. Yep. So we've got that uh, hope that uh, tomorrow night's not the last time we see the, the mighty Diego in the purple? Well, no. I mean, if we win a few more games, we might even have <laughs> a home final. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. Again, I, that didn't read well. I mean, at home. <laughs> home finals. Home fi- Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got to win every game. Well, that's it. <laughs> if you want to win it, that's what you've got to do, isn't it? You know, and that, that's basically the thing. I think, look, everyone appreciates where Castro is with his, his career. I think, um, again, wonderful job of managing uh, by Michael. So, you know, he has this year looked consistently good, where in other games he, or previous seasons he has looked jaded at times because he's been overused. So I think it really worked well. He came on... Um, on Wednesday and did the job, you know, that's... Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. You've got a thing with uh, Michael Garcia, don't you? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, Richard, actually. <laughs> Sorry, Richard, yeah. Yeah, no, I keep on calling you Michael. I don't know why, because I know I both know. of them. Don't yeah. do it to his Michael's face. doing a great job in our community department. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't make it easy for me, but that's all right. I'm just, I'm a passionate fan. I can't help myself. I get carried away. Um, that's all right. Love it. Yeah, and you, you, you're going well with the family now that things have opened up. You can get back to Melbourne. Um, do you get out on the bike much? Yeah, I just did 110 k's this morning. Ah, so, show off. Um, yeah, but, but, but the thing is, 110 k's in the car, then pull up in the cafe, <laughs> get, get, out, get the bike out of the boot, and then sit in the cafe with the Lycra on. doesn't count. Oh, I had to, uh, I had to pedal fast today because uh, I had to do this show. So normally I'd uh, – but I was up at – I get up at 4.30, so we, we we're out in the road at 5.30 and went out to Whiteman Park around there. And Lovely. had a really good ride through the Swan Valley and, yeah. uh, and back – coffee and back home so no i love uh yeah, cycling in perth is, is amazing and um even this morning you're thinking oh, it's going to rain except it's still 14 15 degrees so yeah. uh yeah when i ride in melbourne i have to put a few more layers on that <laughs> yeah no look really glad to hear you loving the life yep. here and and it's treating you well um i know you you do a fantastic job for the glory keep on doing it and uh you know we have every faith in in yourself and the rest of the team. So uh, I think uh, your backroom team, particularly your, your um, people involved in the memberships, do yep. a, a fantastic yep. job, um, and it's they've certainly been very helpful. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you. We actually launched our membership campaign yesterday uh, for next season. Uh, we've started going out to our uh, our current members and try and get them to renew, and um, and then we'll go out to uh, members at the 6,000 and had renew and, and get it back because the season... You know, probably will start around October. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're hopeful that it, uh, you know, be a, a normal season again, and uh, we want as many people um, to to come and watch the games. Exactly. And, uh, hopefully Absolutely. They'll, uh, they'll come back on board. Thank you very much for for being on the show. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And good yeah. on you, Tony. Thank you. Tony Pignada of the Glory, um, an absolute gentleman, and yep. he does do a fantastic and job. And I, yeah, the Glory, lucky to have him. A, a lot of yeah. people don't fully understand the just what sort of a role he has it it you know 
Yeah, it's, I'll the, look at it's that. the rock that the club's based on, really. Absolutely, and I think well, you know, apart you, from Tony, obviously. Yeah, but you look at the uh, Tony Sage, the other Tony. <laughs> yeah, the way the way the the, the, the thing works. We, we change a fixture. We think, oh, so, you know, it's a pain in the bum for me. I've got to go there yeah. on a Wednesday night instead of on a Saturday. But um, for him, he's got to change all the flights, accommodation. Exactly. Um, yep. You know, and then negotiating with Nib for for the use of the stadium mm-hmm. when they've renegotiated all the fixtures. So massive, massive job behind the scenes to, to keep something like that running. Um, and, yeah, look, at, there was a couple of times on the, on the uh, Twitter page where there's been some things said that could have gone really ugly. Yeah. But, he, but he's such a gentleman. Yeah. No, I, um, uh, yeah, having refereed, I tend to uh, to avoid that to a, to a great extent because uh, you, you, your keyboard warriors, they've got plenty to say. Oh, they've got the and, only opinion in the room. And none of it's any good, really. No, I know. All right, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after that with Tash Rigby. So we'll be back after these. Maybe, oh, maybe not. give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Ausfest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Well, it looks like Tash isn't on the phone right now, which is uh, a bit embarrassing, but um, we do have some things going on. We've got the FFA Cup draws yep. that went through. Yep, the quarterfinal draw. So we had to wait for the uh, the North Perth uh, Armadale, North Perth United, Armadale result to go through, which yep. Armadale will end up winning. So at the moment, uh, it's... Um, a TBD to be determined, but uh, the games will be played according to the FFA or the FA, if they like to be called now, between Tuesday the 1st of June and Thursday the 3rd of June. And again, uh, COVID uh, permitting and all the rest of that. So there's no venues as yet, but we can all have a guess where they're likely to be. Uh, Coburn City will play Perth SC. Sorrento will play Armadale. Bayswater City will play ECU Joondalup and Florida Athena will play Mark Anthony's Gosnell Cities. So, again, just keep an eye out on your, your socials for that. But like I said, we can probably have a guess where those fixtures will be played, but when and on what date is yet to be determined. Absolutely. Now, look, I think it's interesting that um, game between Gosnells and Florida. Obviously, Florida um, flying high, top of... Top of the the Premier League, and then you've got um, Gosnells who's sitting there at the second bottom in the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, as Mark said, he's got, um, you know, he's got full faith in, in his team, and um, you know, you'd like to hope that having knocked off an NPL side in the last round, I mean, this this one is going to be a bit bit more of a challenge. I mean, knocking off the lower end of the NPL is is you know a remarkable achievement, but to knock off uh, the high flying Floriot, um but that's the magic of the cup, you know. Um, also, the 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 Bayswater ECU June Lup game. I mean, that, that that could go either way. With again, with June Lup top of the table, well, second, uh, depending on results today. Um, that's going to be an absolute mighty clash as well. And you got Armadale versus Sorrento. Well, again, yeah. yeah. 
So if they're uh, midweek night games, that, that should be a fantastic atmosphere. Oh, absolutely. No, look, it's, um, as you said, it's the magic of the cup. Yep. I thought it was interesting when you looked at the the amount of amateur clubs that come through, talk about North Perth, mm. um, you know, they're, they're an amateur division side and they've, they've amateur premier, obviously. Um, but they've taken Armdale to a 4-2 after extra time. Right. So, you know, um, the quality of football, people complain about the quality of football in this state, but you look at what's happening in, in the state league, very, very competitive leagues. You've got teams now that are going up and staying yeah. up, um, and hopefully that will continue. You've got teams that have come down and who've struggled They're now struggling. to go That's back right. up. You know, Sterling w- thought that they would just bounce back oh, straight yeah. up. Um, Subiaco the same. So, you know, there's two teams that have dropped out of the NPL who are now fighting to get back in. And then you've got teams in the second division, like Morley, former yep. Premier, well, the old first division, who yep. are struggling to get Dinella in, in, yep. in, in, in Division 2 and Western Knights were, you know, you only have to look at their trophy cabinet to know how, how strong they were yeah. in, in the top division. And there's, well, I mean, they're doing quite well, obviously, top of Division 1. But, um, mm. yeah, any any game, any day, uh, get yourself down to your local park and uh, and just have a look. The, the best way to know how good the, the quality of the game is is to have a look at it yourself. But. But what I'm getting at is that those those teams now are all improving and oh, yeah. that those leagues are all improving. You're getting stronger and stronger. Um, you know, Caramar came up from uh, Premier, Premier Amateurs. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, the, the merge with Shamrock. But the the team itself was very competitive, won um, last year. And, and, you know, this year they're, they're struggling. That's it's right. funny, actually, when you look at it. You had two teams, Kingsway Olympic and Caramar Shamrock, both. Champ- champions last, last year. year, champions last year, and and now uh, you know at the other end of the table. So it's um, yeah. it's been a struggle for for both sides. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I I don't know what's happened with them because they haven't changed their personnel greatly. No, and I, I think exactly the the point you you hit on there, Sean, that um, the others have improved. Mm. Uh, you know, you you set a benchmark. You, you can't expect others not to try to achieve that benchmark. But then you you look at um, Division One. You've got Forestfield, Mandra, Kingsway Olympic, um, Forestfield. All of those teams were in the the top half dozen last year, yeah. and and this year they're all struggling to win games. Um, you know, everybody else is is improving, and I think you know. Um, we talk about the, the quality of the game in this state. We, it's got to improve. We keep on improving. And then you look at the, the players that come through the glory system who fall out and used to stay out. So, they, you know, your Callum Timmons and your Luke Bodnars were in the, the glory youth program mm-hmm. going to a certain point. They, they didn't progress into the first team. They've gone and played for other clubs like Gwellup and Jindlup and... Um, after a season there, they've been picked up again by the glory. That's right. But the other players that fell out are still within the system. So you've, you've got a whole group of players now that have been through that very professional glory system who are now strengthening the NPL, which is pushing out players into the first division, yep. second division, and which then, is then making all of those yep. competitions that much stronger. So I think, you know, it's a... That sounds strangely like a pyramid system there, Sean. It's a pyramid system. Well, I, I, I look, it's, a, it's sad that we didn't spend a bit more time with Tony because, yep. um, 
you know, I would like to have followed up with the, the need for a transfer system. We look like oh. we're going to lose Neil Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, would have been nice if we could have then... Got a fee. Got a fee and transferred yeah. him through. But not only that, you look at the youngsters that have played for the glory who've then gone on and, and we, we talked about um, a striker's doing very well who apparently wasn't good enough <laughs> for the glory, according to him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, he's the one player we wanted to keep out of that team. But, um, you know... Those players have been allowed to go on a, uh, you know, we, we've just written off their contracts and yep. allowed them to go. And they're all playing elsewhere. And, you know, it would have been nice for the glory to go away if you want him, there's a transfer fee. Well, again, it's, it's just a, an odd system. I, I really can't get my head around it. it yeah. Almost every other league the, in the world, the if MPL, you want him, you know. But the MPL, we've had players mm. recently, Cameron Teese has gone, not Cameron Teese, um, who was it? The lad who got sent off at Armadale. Um, oh. No, he's gone now to the Eastern States. That's right. Oh. Yeah, but there's there's been two or three players that have left yeah. Perth and gone over there. Well, Ndumbay Mckechi. Mckechi is another one, yeah. yeah. And again, they just, I mean, good luck to them. They're, they're playing at a higher level and hopefully the opportunities to play at an even higher level come to them. But mm. um, yeah, just go and where's the... And, where's and talking the of, of former players that have, have moved on... There's um, a rumour, and the person who's given this to me is, oh, is a very trustworthy source, that uh, Brando O'Neill is back in Perth. Good. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got family, so yeah. it may well be that he's just here visiting family. But, oh, you know, oh, come on. Tony, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, a, a quality, quality player. He's, you know, been at Sydney um, before going over to Asia. But, you know, again... This is one of the things with COVID. People are looking for certainty yeah. and, you know, and and security and safety is, is all of those things in Maslow's Pyramid of Needs. Yep. I'm talking of pyramid systems. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about playing at home. I know Sam Kerr has always said that, you know, playing at home or, or coming back to the glory was part of her plan because, you know, playing at home and, and living from home with mum and dad's great. Oh, exactly. Yep. But... You know, right now, that's the, the thing she's missing. She's become homesick because of it. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting take on things. And, and yeah, obviously, if Brandon's around, it'd be lovely to see him in a glory shirt again. Yeah, so we, we'd like to see um, see that happen. But, um, yeah, look, I've been trying, been trying Tash. She's not picking up the phone. And uh, we'll... We might try and see if we can get our, our next guest, um, Neil Bennett, on, and uh, I'm sure he'll um, he'll have a few things to say about uh, last night's game. Like I said, that was a, an absolute well, belter. Yeah, look, this is live radio. For this you. is live radio. That's <laughs> why the the two guys are waffling on for a bit because uh, yeah, we Tash was was lined up and yeah, and uh, as uh, as Sean told me, she's probably got the same. Um, no, no. Uh, <laughs> phone skills that I have. In all the fog of war, did we do the the? The ladies' fixtures for this weekend. Did we do the ladies? Oh, he's yeah. done it again. Oh, I know. I like throwing you under this bus, mate. I but, you had know, it. I this is all, literally had it here. All part of the deal. You know, you've got to be there, fired yep. up. I've got it fired You're up. no Don Evans, are you? No, I'm no Don <laughs> Evans. No, no. And, uh, and Don will be happy to hear that. So we've got the uh, the Women's uh, State League 1, Division 1. Women's State League 1, Division 1. Gee whiz, he's good, isn't he? Uh, so we've got Sterling Macedonia versus UWA. That's at Macedonia Park. Uh, that's on tomorrow, 11 o'clock. 
Gullup Croatia will play Armadale at 2.30 at the Croatian Sporting Complex and Sorrento will play ECU at Percy Doyle. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff. That's tomorrow as well, which um, has a few teams with a, with a bye there, but we've got uh, the Division One Women's League. Stay at Southwest Phoenix, uh, top of the table. Sorrento, UWA, ECU Joondalup, and down at the other end we have uh, Mandra City yet to record a win. Uh, Guelup, Croatia and Sterling Macedonia. The um, Women's Premier League was a split round. Uh, obviously there was a couple of games there last night, uh, which was, as I say, the, the Mum uh, Redbacks game, yep. which was 3-1 to Mum. Fremantle City uh, played last night as well down at Wahop Park against Balcata. That was a 1-1 result, so... A, Again, I, I don't know which one that favours more, Fremantle mm. or Balcata. I, I, you know, that's a head-scratcher, that one. But, uh, you know, honours even there. And then uh, today we'll have Curtin University playing the uh, Hyundai NTC. That's at Edinburgh Oval. That's a five o'clock kickoff. And then tomorrow we've got Perth versus Subiaco, and that's at Dorian Gardens. So, again, they're all cracking games. So there's only the yeah. two games. One today and one tomorrow. So, like I said, but after your very, um, very good feedback of the game last night, a fantastic game oh, played out there with, with Mum. And uh, joining us now is Neil Bennett from the Redbacks. Here we go, Neil. Neil, you were there last night. I was. Quick correction: it was three-one Redbacks, not three-one Mum. I said three-one Redbacks, didn't I? I went through the. Uh, no, he said. 3-1 mum. Oh, so, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> he's a referee. It was, it was, no, oh, he's a referee. They don't get anything oh, right. Come oh, on. Oh, I only ever did that once, sending the wrong result. And, um, yeah, if the uh, the backlash I got, it never happened again. So sorry about that one, Neil. Yeah, no. Uh, That's all right. Like I said, I went through the um, a bit of a, 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 a review of the game, and that um, that goal from Jacinta, holy dooly, what a cracker that was. Yeah, yeah, it was a big week for her. Um, her and her partner had their first child. Oh, is that right? Uh, this week. Yeah, so we were all absolutely delighted for her. We presented her with some flowers after the game. So, Fantastic. Yeah, I, I would have thought I'd seen the uh, the, the Duda uh, rocking baby uh, celebration. She not uh, not old we, enough to know that one? We mo- <laughs> yeah, we, we are, but we moved it on that one because it's a bit of a cliche. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, that. That capped off an amazing second half because first half, Mum absolutely dominated oh. it. Um, As I said, they were all they they were kept at arm's length to a certain extent, but um, yeah, I think the team were very lucky uh, to go in one nil down. Um, but then they made a rejig and came out and slowly clawed their way back in. The penalty was a turning point. I felt yeah. um, you could see the, the girls growing confidence once yep. that had been awarded, and the second goal was a very good one as well. Um, yeah, Larry that, Walsh has been. Uh, Playing exceptionally well, and her and Renee Leo to the um, ex Kiwi international we yes. got teamed up beautifully. So I'm not sure. I think the all black kit helped our two Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it did surprise me to see you in the all black. It, um, it yeah, it was a, a pretty good kit to, to see because I'm used to seeing you guys in the uh, in the away kit of white. Yeah, so that one was being driven really by our junior teams because. The white has a horrible tendency to go a little bit transparent when it gets wet. Oh. Um, so we, we we took on board the, the, the comments and yep. we went with a black. You don't see many white red backs, do you? So you see you know, it's black and red. It's black and black. Absolute sense, but it's really nice to hear the feedback about yep. the white shirts because you know, when you're a bloke it's not so much of a problem, but I imagine for a young lady it would be mm. um, acutely embarrassing and I think it's a, a great move by the club. 
Yeah, yeah, we we obviously very keen. And and last night we had a young girl playing the first game for us, and a baptism of fire for her. And then during the week, um, we had a real scare against UWA in the cup round. And and we're not holding this up, but again, we had seven players um, from our under twenty threes who who made an appearance. Some of them, three or four of them, it was the first game. So it's it's policy of the club to, to bring the young players through as much as we possibly can. And, and the back four, when it started, there was only Kim who got any experience. The other three were all teenagers. So to hold the the league's leading goal scorers at this point to just one goal was yep. an amazing achievement. Uh, the midfield did a did a great job as well. But as I said, a bit of a rejig by the by Coach Carlos uh, Vega Mania and. Uh, Came up trumps in the in the second half. I well, that's what I said. I'd be very very surprised and, and would love to have been the fly in the wall that halftime uh, uh, chat from Carlos because, as you said, I mean, Mum had eleven shots in that first half. Mm. It, w- it was literally one way traffic. I'm looking at from the sideline, going, "Holy, why is it only one nil?" Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, but when you looked at the actual shots, the fire from, in, yeah. in the goal really only had to make one or two saves. That's, that's true um, enough. And so the pressure that was applied to that shot was was key. Um, but look, Mum are an exceptional side, and um, we were absolutely delighted to come away with that result because it really sets us up. It, it puts a marker down to the rest of the league now. We've sort of flown under the radar a little bit. Um, I think everybody's been looking at Mum and then seeing those results. And then you touched right. on the result last night. I think Fremantle would have been less happy with that. Mm. I think Balcata would have been delighted with that draw last night and Fremantle, have, uh, they're not struggling, they're a very, very good side and yeah. even though we beat them 5-0 last weekend that was no true reflection of the game because again, they had plenty of chances um, but we've just over the last two or three weeks we've started to find our rhythm in terms of uh, the clinical finishing. We were pretty guilty mm. of having a million in chances and scoring one or two, but now the, the chances are becoming fewer. But we're getting more clinical with them. Yeah, when when you said I don't know who the one all draw um, favoured the most, I was thinking Redbacks. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking the two yeah. teams involved. But yeah, you're probably right there. But, it, but it's uh, yeah, what you say about the finishing is interesting because you you've got some really gifted players there, and you know, Sean Billam. I know she earned the penalty, but uh, in her own right, she's a lethal finisher. Um, and you you know, if she's not clear now it's coming yeah and we didn't have Sarah last night mm. Sarah Carroll she, yeah. she was out with a, a little bit of a minor surgery uh, we're hoping to get her back uh, Emily Dunn another one of our senior players she got concussed in the game against Fremantle and uh, Carla Bennett our uh, record holder for appearances she's uh, she's with the police force now so she was off on work duties but she yeah. didn't turn up in full police uniform before the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, look, and it's good. Yeah. As you say, she, she's been a real, um, a real stalwart of the club, and and good to see that you know the yeah. the family involvement is strong. Um, <laughs> and, and look, it's it's people like you and Carla that make clubs tick, and I think that's a really important part of the success of the Redbacks. Well, when you look as well that um, we had Larry Walsh out there with two hundred games plus, yep. Emily Dunn, as I said, Nick mentioned she was injured. She's 200 games plus. Renee Liotta is coming up to 200 games. Sean's 150 plus. Katie mm. Mock, who's on the bench, is 150 plus as well. So that experience has been vital for us, especially last season when it was such a difficult one. And it's helping with the younger girls coming through. Yeah. Can you imagine being a young kid standing next to Kim Carroll at centre-back? Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. That, you don't... You can't buy that. That's, that's just brilliant. And Carlos has brought in a new uh, philosophy as well. And uh, the, the team's 
clicking. Our under-23s, uh, result-wise, are struggling, but we're, we're very pleased with the progress they're making and then they can feed into the first team. And they, but I, really but I think with, with under-23s and under-18s, the result is not the important thing. No. No. The important thing is the development of the player's skills and the fact that you can step up your 23s into the first team and have three of them playing yeah. their first game for the for the first team is the more important factor. And, you know, yeah. as a, an under-23s coach, if you lose four or five players to the first team, you've more than done your job. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and I think that you've, you've hit the nail on the head there because it was really disappointing we didn't have the under-18 competition this season mm. um, because it's put us further behind. Um, we're looking at players that are playing in Sydney's NPL now. You know, yeah. They're not sticking around. So, you know, Miranda's over there. We've got... Um, obviously, up at the other end of the scale, Lisa Devanna's playing in the N- NPL in, uh, in New South Wales. But Izzy Folletta's yeah. there, Hannah Larry's there, yeah. Letitia McKenna there, Morgan Aquino. Yeah. So they've obviously recognised that the standard is higher there than it is here. Mm. And the only way we can get that standard up is for us to bring the younger players through. But you've got to bring them through in a structure. And what's happening, we unfortunately, is, is some of the clubs are not pulling their weight in terms of Delta developing their younger players and they're happy to pick off from other clubs rather yeah. than doing lifting. You've really got to start at under 14 or even yep. earlier. Yeah. And to the credit, Mum do that, Fremantle do that as well, Balcata as well. Mm. Um, those mm. teams are all really, really pulling the weight. Um, we like to think that we're doing our bit as well. As you um, always have. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. With that in mind, sorry, with that in mind, Penny's it. asked me uh, a question. So, with with the alignment uh, situation, is, is there any closer to coming to a, a resolution on that one? I know it didn't work out at uh, Kingsway Olympic. Uh, can you give us some thought process of where the Redbacks are, are looking for that to occur, or yeah. are they? So we we have to look. Um, yeah, Celebration Park as it stands is not uh, up to NPLW standards. It can't be fenced off. Mm-hmm. Uh, permanently, temporary fencing is a real issue for us. So yep. it's roped off at the moment. Yes, the dimensions are not up to standard either. So we are looking to ground share, and we're we're, we're trying desperately hard to find somewhere. Um, we do have the dispensation from Football West for this season, but come twenty twenty two, that's a different kettle of fish. So mm. we're investigating a lot of possibilities around the Stirling area, and also into Wanneroo as well, and, and neighbouring councils. So. It is a concern when you consider that, you know, through no fault of our own, uh, we ended up at a ground that was not up to standard mm-hmm. um, and we're desperately trying to get there. We're very, very happy with what we've got with Sterling from the juniors' point of view and from our social teams. It's a fantastic little place. We've got a great club room there and really, really happy. Uh, we've got the light tower there, but when you step up to NPL, these girls deserve to be playing on something more. Absolutely. Than That's what we're trying that's All right, Neil. Um, I've got I've got to go because I've got my next show lined up, ready and waiting for yeah, sorry, me. I don't want to be rude to him. Um, so, really, yeah. thank you for stepping in at late no- late notice, and best of luck with finding someone to share with. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, yeah, we're very very happy to be chatting about it at any time. Yeah, so yeah we'll, absolutely. We'll have that chat again uh, very soon. All right. Thank you very much, Hugh. Thank you very much, Neil. Um, We'll be on next week with Penny. This has been the World Football Programme. Uh, Signing out. Thank you. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Programme on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.